Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house. It's Tuesday, April 25th. This is The Gateway. I'm Wayne Pratt. Illinois colleges and universities are creating cannabis programs to make sure workers have the needed skills for the rapidly expanding industry. Say, hey, I've got something more to offer than a standard person. That's what this this, uh, program gives them. Coming up, we'll explore efforts to develop the cannabis workforce. A lawsuit is seeking to block an emergency rule that could deprive many transgender Missourians access to gender-affirming care. St. Louis Public Radio's Jason Rosenbaum reports. The ACLU of Missouri, Lambda Legal, and Brian Cave Layton Paisner filed a lawsuit in St. Louis County Court on Monday seeking to temporarily block Attorney General Andrew Bailey's emergency rules. Among other things, the guidelines would require transgender minors and transgender adults to, quote, treat and resolve mental health conditions before getting hormone therapy or gender transition surgery. Nora Huppert of Lambda Legal says it's vital to stop Bailey's rule from going into effect before Thursday. I think certainly in in scope and reach, this is an unprecedented policy. The suit argues that Bailey is overstepping his power to push for the rules. Bailey has said he's confident the guidelines can survive a lawsuit. I'm Jason Rosenbaum, St. Louis Public Radio. A St. Louis judge has ruled Circuit Attorney Kim Gardner is not in contempt of court despite her office failing to show up last week at a murder trial. St. Louis Public Radio's Rachel Lippman reports. Judge Scott Milliken ruled that a miscommunication rather than deliberate misconduct led to prosecutors not being in the courtroom on April 17th. But he says the hearing was an attempt to bring order to the circuit. The prosecutor assigned to the case, Alexander Polta, informed his supervisors April 6th that he was taking time off and did not have any trials pending. But in fact, he had four cases set for trial, including the one against Jonathan Jones. Jones is facing first-degree murder and armed criminal action charges for a 2021 fatal shooting. In scrambling to find coverage, Jones's case fell through the cracks. Polta apologized to the court, saying there was no excuse for what had happened. I'm Rachel Lippman. St. Louis Public Radio. The Post-Dispatch reports another judge has filed to hold Gardner in contempt after prosecutors did not appear at an assault case hearing. St. Charles County Council members have unanimously approved the appointment of a new county prosecutor. Joe McCullough will officially begin May 1st. He takes over from Tim Lomar, who stepped down last month for personal reasons. McCullough is the brother of former St. Louis County Prosecutor Bob McCullough. He has served as a municipal judge, county council member, and police officer. St. Louis activists are demanding judges and prosecutors rely on pretrial methods that do not call for incarceration. As St. Louis Public Radio's Chad Davis reports, they cite a rise in bond denials for initial hearings. Activists and public defenders spoke at a rally outside of the Carnahan Courthouse Monday. They're demanding the circuit attorney's office recommend the use of personal and sponsored reconnaissance and that judges follow through, too. Public defenders are also calling for speedier trials so people who are incarcerated aren't waiting as long in jail. Matthew Mahaffey is with the Missouri State Public Defender Office. He says incarceration leads to more harm. We warehouse people in cages, charging them increasing amounts of money to access basic necessities. And when they come out, they cannot find jobs, housing, vote, get educational loans. A spokesperson for the 22nd Circuit Court says judges review a variety of factors when deciding releases. 
I'm Chad Davis, St. Louis Public Radio. Asylum seekers in St. Louis are demanding change. Support group Migrantes Unidos says the Intensive Supervision Appearance Program local office mistreats and criminalizes immigrants. Speaking through an interpreter, Adelaida, an asylum seeker from Guatemala, says she feels disrespected. Yes, um, they, they contact us while we work. We have to work. I'm a single mom. And they also give us false information, and we just don't have time to waste. They make us feel uncomfortable. She was a guest on St. Louis on the Air. The group is demanding program officials return home country passports, freedom to move throughout the U.S., eliminate ankle monitors, home visits during work hours, and verbal abuse. Southern Illinois University trustees will consider tuition and fees for the next academic year at a meeting this week. The proposal calls for no change for new and returning students in Carbondale, but a nearly 3% bump in tuition for incoming students at Edwardsville. Others at Edwardsville will have a similar increase in the general student fee. President Dan Mahoney says the system's costs are still at or below average. He points out the majority of students receive grants, loans, or scholarships to bring costs down. Most students either between merit scholarships, uh, need-based support, whether it's MAP, Pell, and often both, um, there's actually a small percentage that actually pay that full tuition and fees without any type of uh, scholarship or uh, grants. The SIU board meets tomorrow and Thursday at the Carbondale campus. Cannabis has become a billion-dollar industry in Illinois in less than three years. Demand soared when recreational marijuana became legal. The need for cannabis workers also increased. Alex Degman examines some of the new cannabis programs at Illinois colleges and universities. I'm walking into a building with its owner, Dan Schmalzoff, that 15 years ago when I graduated from Western Illinois University was Macomb Skateland. It's had other uses since then. He's tried making it a music venue, an upscale dining concept, but the budget impasse during the Bruce Rounder years was particularly hard on Western and Macomb, so Schmalzoff had to close. He says he wants this space to now be a booming cannabis business. So far, he has five out of the seven million dollars he needs, but once he opens, there's another problem, finding qualified workers. I would like to train people in this industry because I do have access to people like Shelby Hennings. That's, that's just phenomenal. I mean, the, the knowledge that man has is just ridiculous. Shelby Hennings, an assistant professor of sustainable horticulture, is behind one of Western's recently introduced miners, cannabis production. This is uh, black light, but it's a UV sterilizing light. And it's way stronger than any party black light you might ever This see is the track you'd take if you want to be a grower. People have a lot of class choices, like Horticulture 357, cannabis production. But you can also choose from others, like hydroponic plant production and crop biotechnology. Henning says cannabis won't be legalized twice, and now's the time to get in. I mean, you can be the Rockefeller of, of cannabis right now if you get in, if you position yourself correctly. And I think anybody that gets in and does that, especially with a degree that gives them like the calling card to say, hey, I've got something more to offer than a standard person. That's what this this. Uh, 
program gives them. Cannabis production is run through Western's Agriculture Department, but a separate minor, Cannabis and Culture, is run through the College of Arts and Sciences. That track is not focused on growing. Instead, it offers core courses like the Anthropological Study of Cannabis and another called From Magic Mushrooms to Big Pharma. They're also planning a study abroad trip to Amsterdam. Henning says he works with people in the industry to offer real-world opportunities. The production minor requires a three-hour practicum where students volunteer at a grow facility. The idea there is hopefully with that integration of these young students, you know, that are just about to graduate, and with the skills that these employers told me they want in a graduate, here is one right now trained and you can just cherry pick these people. Partnerships like this are crucial because marijuana is still federally illegal and allowing it on campus could jeopardize federal education funding. Nature's Grace and Wellness, with its grow facility in nearby Vermont, Illinois, is working with Western and another school in Macomb, Spoon River College. The company's chief operating officer, Tim O'Hearn, says the size of their operation quadrupled when recreational cannabis came on the market. They approached Spoon River to help the school craft the course, and given his needs, there is a pretty good chance he'll hire program participants. It demonstrates a lot to us. A, the person is specifically seeking out a job in cannabis and have a degree of you know, passion and interest in the field. Nature's Grace is giving Spoon River $100,000 to help students offset the cost of the course. Other Illinois schools are developing programs too. Southern Illinois, City Colleges of Chicago, and the U of I in Urbana, just to name a few. Back at Western, 24-year-old Sam Piscatello is graduating in December. He was considering well-known programs in Michigan and California, but chose Western to be closer to home. While he readily admits he wants to make money, his interest in it started by watching some medical benefits in his own friends and family. I just hope people actually are in this industry for the plant as well. It's not just money. People actually have to care about the quality of the plant instead of just pushing out product. It's been widely reported by this outlet and elsewhere that Illinois' cannabis industry is struggling, whether it's a lack of capital, lack of location, or a host of other issues. But craft grower Dan Schmalzoff hopes a continued emphasis on cannabis education will at least help ease the labor shortage. Everybody and their dog smokes weed anymore in a college. They don't go to the bar. They don't drink beer like they used to. They smoke weed or, or grow in their closet or whatever it may be. But there's an interest level. Still, even with that high interest level, there's a lot that needs to be done to develop an industry that works for everyone. I'm Alex Dagman. Ashley Listenby is the news director of St. Louis Public Radio, a listener-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com.